Our gospel this morning is from the eighth chapter of Mark's version of the story. Then Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, Jesus rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you're setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. And then Jesus called the crowds together with his disciples and he said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of them, the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. The Gospel of the Lord. Martin Luther King Jr. said once, There are some things so eternally true that they are worth dying for. And if a man has not discovered something that he will die for, he isn't fit to live. If a man hasn't discovered something that he will die for, he isn't fit to live. That is as much of a gut punch for me as what Jesus has to say in this morning's gospel when he teaches the disciples that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be killed and that if you really want to follow Jesus, you should take up a cross and do the same. Sadly, admittedly, I am no Martin Luther King Jr., and I am certainly no Jesus either. So, there's a line from an Indigo Girls song that came to mind in light of all of this. It says, there must be a thousand things you would die for. I can hardly think of two. It's a love song, and it's about one person's awe and admiration for another, so it's not supposed to be about Jesus at all, but I thought of it, like I said. It came to mind when I read this bit from Mark's Gospel, and then when I remembered those words from Martin Luther King, Jr., there must be a thousand things you would die for. I can hardly think of two. I think today's gospel means to make us wonder just what it is we might be willing to die for. See, in the verses before what we heard this morning, Jesus has just come out to his disciples as the Messiah. And he's talking about what that means. 
the idea that the likely result of his faithfulness to God's call on his life will lead to his own rejection, to his own suffering, and, of course, to his own crucifixion and death in the end. He's not saying that you have to die to follow Jesus, necessarily. He's just saying that if you're doing it right, if you want to become my followers, you better be ready for the struggle and for the suffering and for the sacrifice and for the death, even, that could come along with that. See, Jesus seems to know that the cross he's about to bear and the one he invites his followers to carry along with him will come because the world around him won't like what he has to say. The cross Jesus is about to bear, the one he invites all of us and his disciples to carry along with him, will come because the world isn't going to like all the things that Jesus is about to do. People, especially comfortable, powerful people, will be suddenly uncomfortable and unsettled and afraid and threatened and angry and furious because of all Jesus is up to. He's about to upset the apple cart in a million different ways, to put it lightly. The cross about to be foisted upon Jesus comes to Jesus because he's about to come for the rich and for the powerful. And he's about to go to bat, too, for the lost and the lonely. And he's about to be raising his voice for the last and for the least and for the outcast and for the outsider. Jesus is healing people who shouldn't be healed. He's loving people who shouldn't be loved. He's welcoming people who some would just as soon keep out. He's forgiving sins believed to be unforgivable. Jesus is about to pull no punches, give zero you-know-whats, lay it all on the line and let the chips fall where they may. And the biggest chip to fall is Jesus himself. And he wants others to know that they're in for something similar if they really choose to follow him. If they mean it. And if they do it right. There must be a thousand things you would die for, Jesus. But I can hardly think of two. And I wonder if that's what was going through Peter's mind when he tries to stop Jesus, when he tries to quiet him down after saying these things so loudly and clearly in front of so many people. Sometimes I think Peter was just worried that people would leave the fold if they knew what the risks really were. Sometimes I think Peter was just trying to protect Jesus from all that suffering. Sometimes I think Peter just can't believe that this is the kind of Messiah God would be, one that suffers, one that gets crucified, one that dies. What kind of God is that, after all? This time around, I found myself wondering if Peter doesn't want Jesus talking that way, promising so much struggle and sacrifice and dying, because Peter wasn't up for any of that himself. There must be a thousand things you would die for. I can hardly think of two. See, Peter, like me, I suspect maybe like some of you too, 
we trick ourselves into pretending that following Jesus means giving up chocolate or beer or Facebook for Lent. Or that discipleship means praying more or reading our Bibles or showing up for worship or giving our offering. And those things are good, righteous, faithful, and nothing to sneeze at. Don't get me wrong. We don't call them marks of discipleship for nothing, but they are nothing more. They are nothing less than tools, faith practices, steps along the way meant to prepare us and to draw us closer to something so much more. All of our worshiping, learning, and serving. All of our fasting and praying and giving are about preparing our hearts and our minds and our lives to be able to recognize and to facilitate the kingdom of God coming into our midst for our sake and for the sake of the world. All we do in the safety of our homes and with our families and through our congregations is meant to reveal the way things are unequal, unfair, unjust for too many, too much of the time. And it's all meant to, to remind us that we know about how God would rather have things be instead. Fair, equitable, merciful, loving, just. So that we will do something in the name of Jesus to bring the latter to pass. And again, that can be risky business if we do it right. People with money, maybe that's you, maybe that's me, don't like to be told they should give it away. People with power, maybe that's you and me too, don't like to be told they should share it. People on top, maybe that's you, maybe that's me, don't like to imagine our place at the bottom. Preaching those things could get you run out of town, which happened to Jesus, Martin Luther King Jr. too. Protesting in the name of that kind of justice could get you hauled into court. Just ask Jesus and Martin Luther King Jr. too. Teaching that kind of grace could lose you some friends and get you betrayed. Just ask Jesus. Embodying that kind of goodness could get you crucified, killed, buried. All of which happened to Jesus just like he promised it would. There must be a thousand things you would die for I can hardly think of two. Jesus did. Jesus died so that we might just might Come close to giving more, to loving more, to sacrificing more, to suffering more for the sake of others and for the good of this cause of God's kingdom. Because even when we fall short, and Jesus knew we would, and God knows we do fall short, the cross never gets the last word. The Son of Man must undergo great suffering, yeah. The Son of Man must be killed, yeah. And on the third day, be raised. 
again. And on the third day, be raised again. And therein lies our hope and our inspiration. Not many of us are as bold or as brave or as faithful as Dr. King or Jesus. We don't all have the courage or the calling or the love within us to sacrifice and to suffer and to die for the sake of bringing God's kingdom to pass on this side of heaven, no matter how badly we know the world needs it. So we look to that cross, even if we'd never climb up there ourselves. And we look for the empty tomb, too, because we will find ourselves there one day. And we give thanks that even when we don't, God does. Even when we won't, God will. Even when we haven't, God already has. And we keep following Jesus as closely, as nearly as we are able, testing our own boundaries, pushing our own limits, risking our own comfort and safety even, to see, as Dr. King put it, the eternal truth. The eternal truth of God's grace for which Christ died and lives so that we will too. Amen.